Fiends and Horror Hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good, how you doing? Not so great. I have these weird, like, rat vampire teeth, and I'm just, like, constantly alone and in love, but need to kill. <laughs> Dude, yeah, this movie, it's funny, because I always forget, like, the classic vampire look is the buck teeth are pointed, and we're so used to the other version now, that when I see that version, um... What else? It was in Jacob's Wife just recently. Yes. It always takes me back when I see it. Like, even though that's the original, but it's so weird for me to see now. Oh, yeah. I love the classic weird, like, long buck teeth. Even at the end of this, when uh, Jonathan is, like, turned into the um, vampire now. And oh, he immediately has the giant fingernails and buck teeth. And he's like, there's much to do. <laughs> see, this is Nosferatu the Vampire. From 1979 with an Ed Wood trifecta that's written, directed, and produced by Werner Herzog. Yes, very nice. I saw that and I was like, it's been a little bit, I'm happy, and it's Werner Herzog, so let me see the baby. I had to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy that his, his career is just wild. Like, if you look at the stuff he's been in and worked on, it's kind of weird. Yeah, whenever I said mentioned about, like, oh, I want to do Nosferatu the Vampire... Um, that I was like, he's, you were like, oh yeah, Werner Herzog did that. He's like, he was also in uh, Mandalorian. He's the, let me see the baby person. I was like, no shit. How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know, but it's awesome. Yeah. He's, he is like a haunting voice when he talks. I love it. He does. Have you ever seen this before? No, I haven't. This is a first time watch for me. Have you ever seen the original 22 one? Dude, I won't lie. I don't think I've watched the sat down and watched it. It's silent, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've never sat down and watched it. I know in general right. what happens in it, but no, I've never watched it. Like that's a little look. I appreciate it, and if you like it, great. That's a little far back for me. You know, like the let's say like the forties are about the furthest I go back. Oh no, you gotta go back to the thirties with Dracula and Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, I guess the 30s then. Yeah. yeah. So you're I was only... thinking 40s because the sequels come out then. So you're less than 10 years uh, away from getting to Nosferatu. Dude, Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton would hate me. I like the talkies. <laughs> oh, do some of those char like uh, Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton things, like I'll see them pop up online and I'm always captivated. It's just, there's, I love that old shit. And it's like, I love the 22 version. I've seen it like twice, I believe. But how long is it? I think it's only like an hour. It's not long. Maybe one day I'll put it on, but I know I'll, I won't focus on it. That's the thing. That's my millennial attention span, I know. And it would be a weird episode, but it would be fun to cover a silent movie. Dude, we are far away from that. I Eventually, yeah. That would be a while from now, because we're just doing this Nosferatu. But it would be interesting to do that one, I think, just to see how it would go and what we would do with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against doing that, but that's not what we're doing today. This one, dude, so I have, like, some mixed feelings on this movie. I do like it, but, man, if you just want to talk about, like, an aesthetic, yeah. this movie nails it more than almost anything else we've ever done. Watching this again last night, I was just like, I love the feeling of this movie. I love the atmosphere. Like, it's just, it looks like some of the shots you're just watching a moving painting. Oh, see, now those shots start to get get to me after a while. <laughs> we will get to. I think you know which ones I'm talking about. But, man, there's everything. It's so, like, old and gothic and, like, just perfectly slow enough to, get, like, you really vibe with this movie. I know it's not like a hippie, but, like, everything <laughs> just is fun to watch with this. Even though it's not, like, sharp or anything crazy effect-wise, just something about the look and the pacing of this is really fun. I love it, yeah. It's, um... One, I've watched this version one other time, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember it being really weird. It would be fun to do on the podcast. Watching it again this time, I loved it even more. 
I didn't know it was German at first, which makes sense with Herzog, but like yeah. I just didn't know. And so I thought my shutter messed up when I put it on. And I was trying for like 10 minutes to fix it. I forgot at first that it was the shutter version is the German version because there is an English version as well. But I love the German version with like the subtitles because it just feels even more like I don't know, grounded in like reality of like, oh yeah, they wouldn't be speaking English in Germany and like Transylvania. It would be whatever they're speaking. Dude, and here's the thing, I don't mind subtitles at all, like foreign movie subtitles, but like it's hard when I'm taking notes for a subtitled movie. Yeah, I could see that. But also, luckily, this story just so aligns with the just Dracula story, which it's been done so many times that I fall very like, I can fall in line very easy with it, of like, oh, okay, I know exactly what's going on, because the Dracula story is one of my favorites, like, the 30s version with Universal, this one, Nosferatu, I like, from 22, Netflix just put out that miniseries that the BBC did, where it's like a three-parter, and it's the exact same story again, basically, but I don't care, I'll watch it again. Did you ever read the novel? No, um, I really, really want to. I attempted to read Frankenstein, but I wasn't in the right headspace to do it because it's that old, like, couple hundred years ago how they spoke then. It's almost in, like, rhymes and, like, poems and shit. Yeah, it's old-timey speak. Uh, Dracula's kind of that way, too. I read it when I was in high school, but it's it's a good book. It was, do you think uh, it's definitely worth picking up? Because I do want to try it, try reading it at some point. Even just from, like, a historical standpoint, you feel like you get a little more with it and, like, have a better understanding of where literally every vampire thing comes from. So, like, from that perspective, definitely. Okay. Um, Real quick before we jump in, I have a couple little tidbits I thought would be fun to say at the beginning. Oh, please do. Um, The original Nosferatu from 1922 was almost completely destroyed due to a lawsuit by Bram Stoker's widow Florence. But luckily, some of the copies survived, and then they waited until she died to preserve the copies, because they almost had to hide them, of like, no, there's no more. As soon as they died, they're like, okay, let's like redo these things, let's make them look sharp again. Isn't that also why they called it Nosferatu and where that term comes from is like to avoid, I don't know if it would have been copyright back then, but being able to put it out? Yeah, exactly. and that's why it's all the copies, well, most of the copies were destroyed is because she filed a lawsuit and won. And that's why like all the names are changed. It's Nosferatu and not Dracula. And that's also why Werner Herzog waited until 1979 when Dracula went into the public domain so he could use the correct character names. Yeah, it is confusing because in this movie, the term Nosferatu is just synonymous with vampire. Yes. And Nosferatu, the character, is just properly titled as Count Dracula. Right. So that's a little bit of difference. And honestly, that does get confusing. So if you never knew, that's... There you go. And I'm glad they can use Jonathan, Lucy, Renfield, Van Helsing's in it, Mina, you know, all these names I'm 100% familiar with. And I have. Yeah, I mean, I'm not big on this Van Helsing portrayal. No, well, oh my God. I almost am, though, because I'm more of a Dracula fan, definitely, than Van Helsing. So I love weak little, like, timid Van Helsing that like barely does the thing he has to do and it's then like I don't know what to do now and it's just taken away oh no dude I love it it's like when you have a really good hero you need a really good villain so whichever side you're on I want the other one to be elevated too yeah and this one I'm just like that's Van Helsing I know because until like the last 10 minutes of the movie she he doesn't even believe like what Lucy's saying yeah I'm like that's the major ball yeah. drop in this movie. I'm like, okay. And I have one more tidbit, and that this will lead into the beginning of the movie. Uh, okay. The bodies at the beginning are real mummies from Mummies of Guanajuato Museum in Mexico. Uh, they are from a cholera, cholera outbreak in 1833. Holy shit. They look real. I, yeah. I did have a feeling they would be, because... Honestly, I've seen a lot of dead body effects in movies, especially around 1979. These looked a little too perfect. 
after watching it again last night, I was like, I need to look this up because they do look 100% real. It's like you're watching a Egypt, uh, Egyptian documentary. And I looked it up. I was like, yeah. yeah, those are real bodies, which just makes this movie even more fucking metal. Also, fun fact, do you know what this movie is rated? Oh, what? PG. Really? Yeah, because well, there was no 13 yet, and it didn't get an R, so yep, PG, just like Jaws. I could see that, though, because there's not, it's mostly just, like, psychological stuff. It's like Nosferatu, Count Dracula, standing in the corner with his hands, like, clawed up, and it's just like, he just looks creepy. And it's a lot of that kind huh. of stuff. Dude, he is a thing of nightmares. Yes. So, yeah, we'll kick into it. So, if this is your first episode, welcome, thank you. We start like we just did, and then we kind of beat for beat the movie, go through it and talk about whatever we feel like talking about it, and then we have some stuff at the end. Right. Alright, so, we get our whole shriveled up dead people with opening credits, and, man, these go on for a long time, though, don't they? Oh, yeah, they do. But it's just so creepy, because it goes from, like... I even read where, like, the bodies go from, like, the youngest children to, like, the oldest people. So at first you're seeing, like, child corpses, and then it's going to, like, old man corpses. Which is purely just to set the tone, because they have nothing to do with anything else in the movie. No, in my head canon, it's always like, oh, these are, like, Dracula's victims that are in the, like, basement of his castle. Also, full disclosure, I do not count all these. Uh, no. We do this thing called Count of the Dead at the end, where we tally up all the deaths. No, I did not count all these mummies. No, I wouldn't either, because that's just a headcanon thing that I like. They're like, oh, that's a fun thing to think about, but nowhere in the movie does that say that's what that is. Yes. So, then we cut to our couple, Lucy and Jonathan. Lucy wakes up screaming from a nightmare, and Jonathan calms her down. And then, guess what, Brett? What? We have more opening credits. We just took an intermission for the credits. And then we get more opening credits with a kitten just playing with stuff. So here's the thing. I wonder if this is a German thing because I noticed the end of the movie has absolutely no credits. Yeah, I noticed that too. It just stops. So that might be, like you said, a German thing where they do it at the very beginning. Yeah, like the entire credits, yeah. where we would just have like the main ones and then everything else at the end. I think they have everything at the beginning. Well, which I would almost like more if I was part of the filmmaking process, because what do you do 99% of the time when the movie's over? You get up and leave while the credits are going. This way, you was like, you have to see my name in these credits. <laughs> I'm the one that did that... the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that is a German thing. I'll have to get Troy back on here and ask him sometime. I'm sure he probably yeah. knows. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Jonathan's at work, he works for Renfield, and Renfield tells him he has a job for him. This Renfield, <laughs> holy shit, is one of my favorite characters in the movie. Oh, uh, hi, hi, Jonathan. Uh, I have to send you on a very long assignment. <laughs> also, I, I didn't pick up on much German from this movie. All I remember how to say in German is obviously like, known, wunderbar, and... I like the pasta, for some reason, is the one phrase I still remember, you schmock dein Nuden. But I love that the German word for blood is blued. Yes. It's yeah. actually said the way that it looks. Because every once in a while, you'll catch that, of like, they'll say a word, and you're looking through the subtitle. you're reading the subtitles, you're like, oh, that must be where that word is from. This movie is also educational. Yes, but he's like... He has a job for him. You might get sweaty, a little bit dirty, maybe even a little bloody. <laughs> I wrote down, I must have read the subtitle wrong, because I wrote down Count Dracula wants to buy a horse, <laughs> but it's supposed to be house. <laughs> but I also love, like, because it, we'll definitely get into it here in a little bit when we finally meet Dracula in this version of Dracula. But it's weird that he's trying to come to, like, Made, like, usually it's London, now he's trying to come to Germany in this one. But it's like, there's no way this guy's gonna fit in whatsoever. At least Bella Lugosi Dracula looks like a person. At least Christopher Lee Dracula looks like a person. This looks like a creature. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely a creature of the night, dude. I think he just wants it for a feeding supply. He's probably tired of waiting for, like, travelers to wander to his castle. Well, that's part of, in, like, the Dracula lore and whatnot. It's like, yeah, he almost needs to get the taste for the new blood that he's going to be, like, 
drinking and whatnot and it also like helps revitalize him because it's he's grown like stale and tired of eating these villagers for hundreds of years he needs like new people exactly we cut to jonathan telling lucy he's going to transylvania they go on a nice walk on the beach which is going to be one of our main locations we keep cutting back to and lucy's nervous and she says she feels a deadly fear Lucy's apparently psychic. Well, it's also that just goes right into like I don't, Dracula has this weird power of like he can control the weather, he can steer boats, he like throws like mind images into like Lucy and Jonathan and everyone. Oh yeah, dude! I'm rewatching the Leprechaun franchise front to back right now, and it reminds me of that where his powers are just never explained and can change from movie to movie. That's Dracula. Yeah, and it's not even like he's like, oh, okay, lightning, lightning. It's like, oh, there's like a weird like haze around the boat. Like there's a fog that follows it. Or like, oh, I keep getting visions of bats and like just knowing that there's some impending doom coming. Yeah, definitely. That's a good way to put it. Right before Jonathan leaves, Lucy's staying with another couple as Jonathan departs. I don't remember who these people are supposed to be. Uh, I believe one of them is Mina, because usually Mina yes. is always yes. in these stories taking care of Lucy and stuff. Well, isn't Mina's usually the Lucy role? It is typically more Mina's usually. Well, because for some reason in the 1931 Dracula, they switched names around for no reason. They didn't yeah, have to. They, something got lost there. They had the rights to do it, but they just went, oh, we're going to switch this name for this name for no reason. I want to know why. Yeah. It, I don't get it, but hey, it's a it's a nothing thing. Jonathan departs. He arrives at an inn that night, and I was so confused when he arrives at this inn, because it's like he's a returning hero to this place that he's never been. Everyone comes out cheering, <laughs> like all these kids and everything. What the hell was this? Yeah, it's like all these, like, they're all, like, camping around, like, this inn, and it's just like, oh my god, a new person! Hi! They basically throw a parade for him, they're so excited, like, ah! Everyone running up to him and everything. And then the innkeeper comes out and, like, yells at him, and they all slink away. It's like, we were just excited there was a new person. We're tired of you. <laughs> that night, they all have a fire, and before that, the innkeeper warns him against going to the castle. He's like, it's probably not even there anymore. It's just rubble. You can't go there, all this stuff. Oh, we get and the-, the fire that night. Uh, it's the amazing i love this scene every every version of dracula it seems almost does this scene of he's at the end he's eating with everyone else and they're like oh where are you heading to and he's like oh i'm going to go you know up borgo pass to see count dracula and an old lady drops something that's glass and it breaks well what is that that's in horror still today the harbinger right exactly you know what i mean it's the classic version of that yeah, and that's where then they're they're all like, you cannot go there. No coach will ever go there. There's no castle there. It's a shadow castle, like a ghost castle. Of like, sometimes people see it, sometimes they don't. People disappear around there all the time. It's like, yeah, this village knows. Like, we've dealt with this guy for hundreds of years, generation after generation. Just don't don't go near him. Yeah, like even the people who do come back aren't the same anymore. Yeah. That night, he's in bed after the fire, and a lady splashes him with holy water (laughs) and gives him a rosary and a vampire book. He tries to give it back, and she's like, no, you take this. Yeah, he doesn't want a part of any of this until finally she just keeps insisting, and he's like, okay, fine. Also, like, I know this is the 1800s, but did you notice the bed's, like, stuffed with straw? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Like, it, they're very far out right here. And especially, like, once we get to the castle, I'll talk about that, too. But it's just, like, such a, like, shock of, like, I mean, it's not a culture shock thing, but it's a, like, era shock or something of just, like, oh, my God, people lived like this. And this was yeah. the norm. Aren't you glad we're alive today? Oh, my God. Like, you know me. Like, I don't like to go outside, really. Like, if it's too hot, I will just stay inside. I would die so fast here. No way I can be Jonathan Harker hiking across mountains and whatnot to do some job. I don't. I wouldn't sit at a desk for twelve hours a day because it got so boring and I didn't like it enough. I couldn't imagine devoting like months of just trekking to get like how much money do you think he's getting in like this time period? Like twenty bucks, a shilling. Yeah, he's he gets a bowl of porridge and like yeah, like a gold coin, and now he gets to retire off of that. 
Yes. So the next morning he tries to buy a house. Fuck, why don't you get house and horse mixed up? God it's the damn. house from Up. He, he's, he, he sees the old man. He dickers with him. So he takes him up in the Up house with the balloons. He flies over Dracula's castle. Dracula's like, what the fuck? Like, why is this so colorful? My writing's so bad in my notes because I'm trying to read the subtitles while I'm writing it. I can't just listen to it. <laughs> He tries to buy a horse. He can't get a horse, so he just walks the rest of the way. And no exaggeration, ten minutes of walking. I but I love the him trying to like get help to get here scene. Where he's like, Coachman, I would like to rent your coach to take me up Borgo Pass. And Coach is like, I don't have a coach as you can see. And but there's a fucking coach right there. And he's like, okay, well, can I buy one of your horses? And he's like, as you can see, I don't have a horse. As he's feeding the horse, like everyone's like, we are not going to help you get there because we know exactly what's going to happen and we're going to feel bad. So he's like, okay, I guess I'll have to walk. And then he just starts walking into like the wilderness. And he's walking for like, there's five minutes of walking. And then, holy crap, Brett. There's five minutes shot of the sky. <laughs> of the sky. It's pretty, though. To the point, I was kind of tired when I was watching this, and then there's just this deep droning music, and just the sky, and the clouds floating over the sky, and I started dozing right here. <laughs> I fell asleep. I woke up, and my first thought is, oh, fuck, I fell asleep, not to rewind. Never fear, it was still the sky! Yes! <laughs> Wait, that's another thing you brought up about, like, the droning music in this. It is just, like, an underlying hum throughout the entire movie of just, like, it's, like, dread. Yeah, it's, but, uh, and clouds. Yes. But he finally arrives at the castle. Oh, we forgot. He does finally get picked up by oh, yeah. a old school version of a whore, uh, hearse which is like a uh, hearse that's drawn like a horse drawn carriage hearse thing where he has to ride in the back which is like just such like um what do you, fuck what's the word called of just like he's literally a dead man in a hearse being led to his death oh yeah it's um the metaphor yeah uh, or something I like know that. What you, mean. you know what i mean <laughs> yes, it's good storytelling. Yes. <laughs> but he gets to the castle and he just walks up and the count is right there and holy crap, if I went into a place, I think you told me this last night. Yeah. You're like, if I knocked on a door and this dude answered, I would turn right back around and that's 100% true. Oh my god, when you see Dracula for the first time, it's not Bella Lugosi like I said where he's like dapper and he looks like a person. It's this weird like this weird creature thing of he's 100% pale white he has these weird fangs he has like pointy ears he has his like hands up like claws with his huge fingernails the doors just open on their own I would have been like no I'll walk home we're not doing this What's that movie with the people in the caves like the spelunkers and those creepy things like the descent or I something like that I think it's like the that? descent he looks like something from that, like, that's been deprived of the sun for 20 years and, like, feeds off rats that comes through that would kill, like, cave people. Yeah. That's what he looks like. I it almost, yeah, I completely agree. That's Because The Descent, that's also a fun movie I'd like to do one day. But it's the thing of, like, did you ever watch What We Do in the Shadows? The show? I caught, like, an episode. Oh, okay. I know what it is, the vampire show. There's this one episode where, like, the Count is coming from the old country, and he's been around, like, centuries longer than everybody else. And he shows up, and he's just this wrinkled thing that looks a lot like Nosferatu, but he's, like, a sex pervert, and, like, he's had sex so much his genitals have been worn away. <laughs> but it's just that thing of, like... If a vampire is around for too long, you're just going to morph into this. You might start looking like, you know, Jonathan at the end of the movie. Look at him. He still kind of looks like a person. But after centuries, you're just like, Ugh. Yeah, that's, this is what you end up looking like. He feeds Jonathan like he has a whole table spread set up, like lots of fancy food and everything. But he doesn't partake, obvious reasons. This is the most awkward dinner I have ever seen in my life. And... Again, if the sight didn't scare you away, just the sheer awkwardness. So this would be like, 
well, I know we have business, but I'm going to leave now. Yeah, because like, he's like, yes, I set some food out for you, but I will not partake myself. I do not eat late at night. It's like, yes, you do, just something else. But yeah, he's yeah. just sitting there like looking like, it looks like a weird piece of meat that he's eating. And Count Dracula is just staring at him the whole time. Just like he, like, Jonathan himself is like a Big Mac of just like, it's like the episode of Seinfeld when Kramer puts the butter all over himself and he gets too cooked <laughs> and Newman sees him as the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he cuts his finger with a butter knife and Dracula with the scent of blood, I guess, like just a tiny prick of blood, pretty much, like if he just barely did it, leaps at him and sucks his thumb like to help. He's like, let me help you. And like, puts a thumb in his mouth. Can you imagine, Brett, if you have a business meeting, you go and you accidentally cut your finger and the other guy does this to you? Yeah, that so many red flags are going up of just like, this is not normal. You need to get out of there. But I almost leaned, uh, lend that to Dracula's weird power of he's already got Jonathan there. He's done. Yeah, he's kind of under a spell already. I love, like, yeah, he cuts his finger. He, like, Dracula comes towards him at first. He pushes him away. Dracula, like, turns his back to him for a second. And then, like, lunges at him again. Like, gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> and then, like, after he sucks his thumb, he, like, intimidate walks towards him. And yeah. Jonathan's walking backwards. Which is really tense and also kind of funny scene when you watch it of him walking away from this weird naked mole rat looking man <laughs> like backing him up into the corner and he falls into a chair right by the fireplace but then Dracula just calmly sits at the other chair next to him yeah and he's just like you should have a seat and then just goes right back into like weird creepy like I'm just staring off into space and talking softly and, like, just saying weird things. Yeah, and Jonathan falls asleep in the chair probably because he's exhausted, though, after his travels to get there. And before he wakes up, we get a shot of Lucy back home, wakes up to a bat inside the window. I'm assuming all coincidental. Well, we also keep getting these awesome, like, sweeping shots of a slow-mo bat in, like, the twilight of night of, like, the sky is like that dark blue and it's just this like same shot of the bat swooping down i don't i'm guessing that's dracula controlling bats to keep an eye on her because there's also bats in jonathan's room but he also doesn't know of her existence yet he finds out about her later on so i think that's just coincidental there or it could they could be playing with they don't say this in the movie but the playing with the thing of when count dracula drinks your blood he gets some of your memories maybe that's true Jonathan wakes up, and there's no Dracula, because it's morning, and he starts exploring the castle a bit, and examines his neck in the mirror, sees there's two, like, little red bumps on there. Yes, which we know is like, okay, he's already fucked. He's already dead, it's just gonna get worse and worse from now on, you're just gonna get more and more dead. Stop it, stop it, he's already dead! <laughs> Um, what's up with this violin boy that comes by in the morning? Oh, yeah, we're like, yeah, to Dracula's castle. Like, does Dracula throw him, like, a shilling? Of just like, I like your music, I won't kill you. <laughs> it's also when Dracula would be going to bed about, like, he's probably in his coffin, maybe he's tossing, turning a bit, maybe the violin music helps soothe him to sleep. Or the he, like, gets so annoyed by the violin music, like, he's about <laughs> to drift off, and the violin boy, like, starts playing, so he, Dracula will pay him off, so he leaves. He's like, that fucking asshole is back again. <laughs> <laughs> but um lucy's walking on the beach by herself we get lots of just quick shots of lucy back home i guess so we don't forget about her because we spend so much time with jonathan but i also enjoy because there's some of these versions of dracula where you forget about lucy completely until like we get to london or in this place Ger in this case germany of oh yeah that's a person again of like i love yeah. like jonathan's like motive later on is like i need to go save lucy um, Dracula's immediately like, ooh, I like his, like, wife. Jonathan is writing a diary for her because there's no mail service about all of his time there. And we get that night him and Dracula are talking again. They must only have, like, an hour or two together every day because they're opposite sleep schedules. Yeah, where it's just, like, uh, after dinner time or something. Yeah, they only have a couple hours to go through, like, paperwork or, like, have their awkward conversations. 
he what does he say? He kind of reveals, but I don't think Jonathan even picks up on it. He says to not to not be able to grow old is terrible. Yeah, and Jonathan's part is like okay, weird dude. Whatever you say. That's another we- reason I love this version of Dracula so much. Of it's not just like he's the monster who's prowling and constantly like he's like the superior being. He's like almost depressed that he has to stay alive all the time. And it's like, do you know the pain of being alive for centuries? No, it's fucking terrible. But there's nothing I can do about it. Well, I guess he could stop eating people or take a step out into the daylight. Yeah, well, he, well actually, even in this movie, that uh, those rules get played with a little bit. A little later bit. On. They're looking at the house contract, and Dracula sees the picture in Jonathan's locket of Lucy. And look, there's guys who are into butts. There's boob guys. There's feet guys, not shaming anybody. But I have never met a throat guy until this, because Dracula says, what a lovely throat, when he sees her. (laughs) I can see her carotid artery. (laughs) It's almost pulsing in the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan's in bed reading his vampire book again, The Curse of Nosferatu, and he's in bed and Dracula's sneaking into his room, and Jonathan wakes up, and this is another one I think is supposed to be serious, but it's kind of funny to watch, because Jonathan's awake, as Dracula's in full-on Dracula stance, like, the arms spread out with the fingers all clawed, and like, you know, that stance. And wakes up and just looks at him, and Dracula kind of freezes in place. Is he like, if I don't move, he can't see me? It's like Drax from Guardians 2, where it's like, no, you cannot see me eating chips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a T Rex. Yeah. Jonathan's a T Rex. His vision's based on movement. Yes. Like, you can't see him. But yeah, it's <laughs> funny, but also fucking so unnerving. Of just like, because Jonathan just sits there for a second. This scene goes on for a beat of Dracula's not moving and Jonathan's just sitting there. And it's almost like, okay, what's going on? And then Dracula will make, like, a sudden movement towards him, and Jonathan, like, shoots up in bed. And it's, like, this weird standoff kind of thing, almost. Yeah, it's unnerving. I think the awkwardness of it makes it actually scarier, to be honest, too. Yeah. That night, Lucy is sleepwalking down the road, and she's brought back inside, but then wakes up screaming Jonathan, or Jonathan, I think, as she says. Yeah, you could, yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, we get a quick shot of Dracula at Jonathan's throat, and all of a sudden Lucy has a sudden fever, like they have some kind of psychic link. It, well, it's Doctor Van Helsing, and they're taking care of her now, right? Like that's their doctor. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, he's just he's just a doctor. Yeah, he's not a vampire hunter. Even later, when Lucy brings up about vampires and stuff to him, he like laughs it off. He's like. This is the modern age. Science has discredited any of that stuff, so it is not real. Yeah, he's Van Helsing, general practitioner. Yeah. The next morning, Jonathan's awake. He tries to find Dracula, but there's all these locked doors and everything. But he does walk outside the castle and to this other little building, like, just off. And he goes in and he finds Dracula in a coffin. At that point, why don't you fucking leave? Run out of there, you motherfucker. At this point, he's already under the spell, so he can't. I guess. Maybe fights off enough later to break it. Well, because later, Dracula leaves before Jonathan does, so that's why I'm thinking that's why now Jonathan can leave. Oh, true. Because that night, we see Dracula seal himself in a coffin that's on a carriage with <laughs> a bunch of other coffins, and it leaves. And I don't know how Jonathan comes to this conclusion. He's like, must be going to Vismar. Wismar, I don't know. But... The town him and Lucy are from. Oh, because earlier they were talking about the new house Dracula's buying, and Dracula's like, oh, oh okay. yes, it's just right o- it's just right around the corner from your house. And Jonathan's like, yes, yeah. it is. God damn it, you're going to be my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I need to move immediately. Is that like neighbors? Like, <laughs> honey, don't go out on the front porch. He's out there. You know he's going to want to talk to you. They walk out, they have dumb neighborly exchanges. Hot one today, isn't it? Yeah, neighbor! Yes, it is. Hello, throat. I mean, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan does the whole tying bedsheets together and escapes from the window, but he falls at the very end, is unconscious, (laughs) 
and wakes up to the violin boy playing. Violin boy is apparently fine with a body just laying there, but I gotta play my violin. It's like, give me my shilling. Um, I also want to mention, I love how Dracula is loading all these coffins, like black coffins, full of his like native soil, because that's part of the Dracula thing. And he's just lifting them by himself and putting them on. So he's extremely strong, but then he climbs into the coffin and his cape's still dangling out of it. <laughs> I think because he's recently fed too. He's like been drinking yeah. Jonathan's blood. So I think he's probably, I don't know if that's in this version, but typically he'd be stronger. Yeah, that's usually in the lore. So I, and this is enough in the lore for most parts is I like to fill in the blanks with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, some men at the port open up one of the caskets to see if it's really soil. I guess it's a big gamble on Dracula's part, just hoping they don't open his, but well, they don't. Well, it's just soil and some rats. I believe they may have even opened Dracula's coffin because Dracula can turn into rats. He can turn into wolves. He can turn into bats. He can turn into mist. But he still can't go into the sunlight like that. True, but he also, at this point, he's by the boat, and it's already overcast, so he's, like, gotten the fog to, like, block it out. Uh, he might be okay. Maybe. Um, Renfield, we cut back to him for the first time all movie, and he's gone crazy, and he's saying, blood is life, blood is life, and he's been put in a straitjacket and taken away, and he's, like, talking about all the rats are coming, and... That's all. He's like, yes, he's master is bringing me rats. Thousands of rats. So Jonathan makes it back to the inn. He's all sickly looking, but he's going home. And this is pretty much everyone converging back onto the home. And the captain of the ship carrying Dracula is writing his captain's log. He thinks the ship is cursed and four of his crew has died. And he's detailing all that. Yeah, I love the thing of like, yeah, my crew thinks that this voyage is cursed. We're st- we are still on our way to our destination, but like spirits are low. I actually like this part a lot. It's it's just a man talking and writing in his journal, but it tells a good story, honestly. And just how like scared they are, which I will like lead into you being like, oh fuck, and kind of like scaring you too. Yeah, exactly. They scare you with how scared the characters are, which. Is a thing I notice in horror movies, uh, The Exorcist comes to mind. What's really scary that leads you to be more scared watching a movie like that is honestly in the people on screen's reactions to what's going on. It's not necessarily Regan's head turning around, it's everyone's shock seeing her head turn around. Yes, yeah, so fact- like that can really make a movie do its job really well. Oh, I agree. The fact that it's based in reality and now this like supernatural like completely unrealistic thing is happening but it's still in that basis of reality so it's like oh fuck yeah it's just how the actors act towards the thing can make you act that same way yeah the ship pulls into port and everyone is dead the captain is dead on the wheel so everyone's dead the ship search no crew just freight and rats and a ton of rats yeah just thousands of rats and just soil and then I love, like, yeah. they um leave the gangplank there, so, like, all the rats now just run off the boat, and they're in their, like, council meeting thing around the captain's body, and somebody brings up the plague, which just makes everyone freak out and go running out of the room. <laughs> yeah, just the mention of it, like, ah! and runs away. It's also, look, if this ghost ship pulled up into my city exactly where it was headed with everyone dead. You know what I'd do? I'd give it a little push and send it on its way. <laughs> we're going to sink Down you. river with you. Yeah. Send it down the river. What was it? Uh, spraying off your sidewalk, make it your neighbor's problem? Like, yeah, just send it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all you do is kick that boat out a little bit, let it go down. I also love the lore in this of, like, anywhere Dracula goes, the plague goes. Because he was talking about earlier of, like, this, his soil is, like, uh, it's, like, unconsecrated graveyard soil from plague victims. Yeah, so I got some questions about this. Maybe you can fill in the blanks for me. I'll try. So, we have the giant funeral procession and all the scenes like that later yes. on. And people who have the plague. Do they actually have the plague, or is Dracula feeding on this many people? Like, uh, is it from the rats and disease, or is it from Dracula? That I mean, I know they're connected, but who's killing? What's the cause of death here? I would almost put it as a combination of wherever Dracula goes, this, like, 
wave of death follows him. That just happens to be the plague in this movie. Of like, I think some of them are Dracula doing it, but a lot of them are like, because like the whole town's wiped out. A lot of it's just the plague and the rats that he's brought with him. Okay, that makes sense. I did have trouble trying to figure that out a couple times. Also, I'm going to throw this out there to you. I did not count the mass town in the Count of the Dead. I counted that as a Jason X Solaris type situation. Damn it. God, I was hoping for hundreds of deaths in this movie. <laughs> no, for a minute I paused it and I thought about it. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. No way. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Like, Greg messages me ten minutes later. I'm still counting coffins. I thought about messaging you and asking him, like, no, because I'm afraid he's going to say to count it. Because I would. No, I'm not doing it. I would have been like, I know. yes, you do it. I'm like, I'm putting my foot down. All Brett has to do is come up with what we rate things. I got to count 500 coffins? No. <laughs> but, like you said, they talk about the plague. Everyone runs out all terrified. It's nighttime now, and Dracula leaves the oh, ship God. carrying a coffin and takes it to an abandoned church. And then he takes another one. Like, he's just moving coffins all over town. I guess he has multiple places to hide. Yeah, which is a good idea. Have multiple bases of, like, if you can't make it all the way home, you can make it to this weird church and get in there. I also love Dracula. Like It's that classic shot from the original Nosferatu of Dracula on the boat. And his claws are out, and he his arms are straight out, and his shoulders are, like, hunched. And it's that classic, oh, it's just really cool. super creepy thing. But then it turns into, like, Dracula's, like, sneaking around and, like, looking around. Oh, is there anyone looking? Nope, let me run away with this coffin. I also like when he's in the church and he sees, like, the cross in the stained glass window. He, like, slinks back from it for a minute and everything. Yeah. I also love, too, it's this version isn't like, oh my god, a cross. <laughs> like... I have to immediately run away and hiss. It's just almost like, uh, that I don't like that. That's annoyance. You, you know. Proceed with caution type deal, not instant death. Yeah, it's not instant death. I'm being turned into ash. It's like, oh, that kind of gives me a headache. Yeah, exactly. Jonathan arrives home, but he gets to his house and doesn't recognize Lucy. Like, he has no idea who she is, and she faints right then. Um... Inside with Dr. Van Helsing, he's telling the doctor the sun is hurting my eyes, so he's already turning. Yes. Um, at night, Dracula is peeping in the window watching Jonathan and family, and at night, Lucy's getting ready for bed, and Dracula just comes waltzing into her room? Yeah, he has no, like, he's been away for way too long outside of, like, people. He's been in that castle for like a couple hundred years at least, completely alone it seems, because he doesn't know how to act anymore. He doesn't know how to act like to blend in at all. He just slinks around like this weird shadow creature. And like you said, just walks into a room and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry that I just let myself in. She is way too calm and polite about the situation too. Also, I want to point out no reflection, because she's at the mirror when he walks in. Yes. But and she goes right away, I know who you are, I read Jonathan's diary, so she honestly probably does know exactly what he is. And he's like, incel Dracula here, he's like, give me some of your love that you give Jonathan. He stops himself from biting her throat, and just leaves. Yeah, I love your description of incel Dracula, of just like, please love me, I'm one of the good vampires. <laughs> but you love this man, but not me? It's, yeah, it's not a... Everyone gets the same thing from Lucy here, Dracula. The only thing Dracula's missing is one of those fedoras. <laughs> I want to see Dracula in a fedora. <laughs> the plague has begun, and people are being carried in coffins, like a parade of coffins. It's insane. It's this whole city block, just people carrying coffins. Yeah. And I have in my notes, non-count of the dead. <laughs> but I love how Lucy is just like, oh my god, like she's screaming, like, I know what's causing all of this nobody's listening to me and they're all like lady you need to get out of here this is literally the plague it's called the black death yeah exactly but no one believes her like we've said a couple times not even van helsing also renfield escapes his asylum i don't even know if we could call it an asylum it looks like a glorified barn yeah. but he escapes and meets up with dracula oh and dracula God. tells him 
the army of rats and death will follow you. No, Renfield tells him that. This is my favorite scene, I think, of the whole movie. Because it's just Dracula standing, like, in middle of, like, a courtyard, it looks like. And during the nighttime, but there's, like, a little bit of light on him. And he's just standing, staring off into space. And Renfield comes up and is, like, pulling at him. And, like, Dracula pushes him away. That's that gif I tried to send you earlier, and then it didn't, like, play right. And I was like, God fucking damn it. Because it's just so funny. It's like, get away from me. It's like when uh, me and Liz are eating chicken, and our cats are, like, attacking us, trying to get the chicken. And we're like, get away. This is mine. (laughs) <laughs> my favorite too is this is full on crazy Redfield that we talked about earlier. So everyone's like, hee hee, hoo hoo, ha ha. Okay. And he, especially when he escapes and he's like waddle skipping down the road after escaping. Hee hoo hoo, ha ha, I'm gonna go get my rats. <laughs> yeah, like the berries and cream guy just oh, going yes. nuts running down the road. Rats and blood, rats and blood. Dragoo's gonna give me rats and blood. <laughs> <laughs> I like this shot after the funeral procession and after all that and everything of Dracula just running through town square at dusk. Yeah, just like his capes flapping around. He's having a great time. It's almost like he's taking in the scenery of just like, holy shit. Because at one point, like he's standing in the square just looking around like, wow, we've really come a long time over the hundreds and hundreds of years, haven't we? Like, I remember when we were just in grass huts. Now look at this fucking giant city. It's almost like he's like, I might have gotten in over my head. Well, not really. Cleared out half the town already. Yeah. Um, Lucy goes to a house. I'm not sure what house. Maybe it's Dracula's house. That has just a ton of rats. I mean, like, you could swim through the amount of rats that are in this. And I won't lie, they're kind of cute. I know they're supposed to be the plague, but when you get the close-ups of them, I'm like, oh. Yeah, the thing is, like, when you see a thousand rats together, they look disgusting. But as soon as they would zoom in on, like, a few of them, and they're doing, like, they're playing, or they're doing that thing where they're, like, up on their hind legs looking around, it is a thing of, like, oh. Yeah, it's, they need the wide shots, because like, every time they zoom in, I'm like not scared of them anymore. I'm like, oh, they're just cute rats. This is also pre... No animals were harmed during the filming of this movie, because supposedly like half the rats died. Oh, how'd the rats die? Well, on the trip to um, where they were filming, they started eating each other. And then oh, Warner okay. Herzog wanted the rats to be gray and not white, so he like dipped they had them dipped in like boiling water for like half a second and then brought back up and like sprayed with this like weird dye and then the rats like ate the dye and i think the dye killed some of them oh holy shit dude like the original animal person that like it was like lab rats or something and he left after he they were like oh yeah i don't like how you're treating these animals and yeah he like got out of there and he had to find a new person Oh, well, that's a fucking bummer. My mood about the cute rats just sank. Well, yeah, I didn't know that until, like, 15 minutes before the episode, and I was doing, like, reading up a little bit about it and whatnot, and I saw that, and I was like, aw. Because then when they were talking about the gray rats, I'm like, but the rats are white. And it was like, oh, yeah, because they informed him that the rats would immediately lick the stuff off of them, but he didn't believe them, and then that's what they did anyway. Oh, Okay. Uh, so she gets to the house of the rats, and she finds a coffin in it, and she opens it up with more rats inside, and then she sprinkles something in the coffin. Mm. What the fuck is she sprinkling all over the place in this movie? They look like little white discs. When you go to church and they give you that wafer. Oh, is it supposed to be like communion yes, bread? that's what it is. Okay, because I'm like, it's not garlic I was looking at. I'm like, I'm not sure... That makes sense now. Because okay. later, that's what she sprinkles around Jonathan to keep him, like, in, like, that corner. But we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. And then she's back in t- Town Square, and there's pigs and sheep walking around. And then I know something good's coming up when I look at my notes. I see, what is this scene with an arrow <laughs> pointing to the note? Because the town people are just dancing. Everyone's having a grand old time. Someone is wrestling a goat. There's rats everywhere. And... Apparently we find out it's all people who've contracted the plague and they're just trying to enjoy their final days, which, you know what? Good for you guys. Go out on a strong note. That's actually a good positive outlook on death. It's super depressing, but like you said, 
I can kind of see of like, we're going to die anyway. Let's all dance, dress in our fanciest clothes. We're going to put this table in town square and we're just going to eat and party until we pass out and vomit and shit ourselves to death. Yeah. All the people dancing, eating, drinking and all that. I get it. And then let's say, come on, let's all dance and eat. And then let's name him Frank. Frank's like, I'm going to wrestle a goat. <laughs> what? I got one life to live. It's almost up. I'm wrestling a goat. That goat fucked my wife. <laughs> the next morning, Lucy's neighbor is dead from a vampire bite. And so she knows shit's really hitting the fan. She sprinkles the not garlic, but the church bread stuff, as we named it, around Jonathan as he's sitting in his corner chair. And she lays in bed because she realizes what she has to do to kill Dracula. Yeah, which is really ingenious, but it's also such a, like, talk about, like, sacrificing yourself for the greater good of, like, I know this is horrible what's going to happen to me, but, like, I need to stop this thing. Oh, it's a suicide play for sure, but when you realize this is, this dude literally could cause extinction at the rate he's moving, yeah. I guess it's the right thing to do. But also, he Dracula, in that scene where he's shooing Renfield away from his cloak and stop, making him stop pawing all over him, he sends him, like, up north with, like, a thousand rats to continue, like, the reign of the plague and whatnot, and that's when Renfield goes skipping off. So I guess it's still kind of happening. <laughs> I wouldn't think it actually would without Dracula. I feel like his power over everything that he's bestowing on Renfield would go away with no more Dracula. Oh, maybe because he's under Dracula's spell. That's different from yeah. Jonathan later. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, God. Just real quick. I just thought of this. Of, like, Renfield is halfway to his destination. Dracula dies. And then he snaps out of it. And he's just surrounded by thousands of rats. And he's like, ah! Oh, God! He giggles, runs away from the rats. Yeah, they're following him. <laughs> You're like the Pied Piper, but unwilling. Help me! Help! <laughs> but so that night, Lucy's laying in bed. Dracula creeps in the room like one does, and he's about to bite her. And what the fuck is this? Dracula getting pervy? Like, why does he pull her nightdress up over her knees? That I I don't know really. I think it's just like, because he's. Dracula, because he mentions it a couple times in the movie, he wants somebody to love and someone to, like, share eternity with. Is he trying to get some of that hot ankle action? He's a neck and ankle guy. Ah, makes sense. Pulls that up, getting all weird, and bites her neck. And then we get, like, random bat footage, and then cuts back to her being done biting her neck. And he goes to leave, but then Lucy pulls him back. And so, like, I guess... He can't stop himself. He keeps drinking more blood. And then morning happens and Dracula's still there. Sun touches him. He convulses and dies. As Lucy dies at the same time. He convulses, but I don't know. He doesn't quite die yet, I don't think. It almost puts him in like a state of like, he's a catatonic of he just can't move. It's like paralyzed him. Because that's when Van Helsing goes up. He's almost up. comatose, yeah. Yeah, Van Helsing goes up and stakes him through the heart. And I, I forget if you hear Dracula scream or anything in this one. I don't think you do, but he comes back down. The stake is all bloody. Yeah. So I assume he's dead. And uh, yeah, like Van Helsing's about to go run upstairs. And it's also, I want to mention, it's that, again, classic scene from the 1922 version that Herzog remade shot for shot of there's the window behind him. Dracula's drinking the blood. And then the uh, morning cock crows because they keep breaking. The and I know they're talking about a chicken, but every time they say cock in the movie, I'm like. <laughs> it is funny, especially because he says after a love, the love of a pure woman when the morning cock. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I like getting, doing some morning cocking. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's but, then the sun shines through and he does the like hand over the face and like falls over. But I love yeah. when they find, like, the, it's not um, Van Helsing at first. Someone else finds them because they're, like, over Lucy looking at her. And just in the corner is Dracula, like, curled up with, like, a death face on. Like, <sighs> yeah, like a shriveled up Dracula. Yeah, and they're not, pay there's, like, a spotlight on him. They're paying no attention to him. 
Yeah, I'd be terrified. I wouldn't go in the room with that thing in there. Be like, open the door, be like, oh, oh, okay, nope. <laughs> Jonathan turns on Van Helsing and reports and yells, come in, this man killed the Count for murdering him. Take him away. But here's the thing, this little old man comes in to take him oh, and God. some other guys in there too. He's like, uh, take him to the jail. But sir, there's no police to take him. Well, you take, take him to the jail. But there's no one working at the jail to take care of him. Well, take him to the trial. There's no judge. There's a thousand of these things. This one has to be funny on purpose. Like, yes. dark humor. Everyone's dead, but it's also kind... There's no way there's a little bit of humor injected in here. Like you said, he's like an 80, 90-year-old man. And then they're even like, okay, you detain him. And he's like, I don't have a weapon. <laughs> but they take him away, and some lady, I don't know who she is, sweeps up all the stuff that's around Jonathan. Oh, yeah. And it's revealed that he's full-on vampire now. Like you said, fingernails, teeth, everything. Yeah, I love, like, one of the, like, a cleaning lady comes in, and Jonathan is like, do you see all this dust around me? Clean it up. And she starts sweeping it up, and he does, like, a sidestep around her, like, I'm free! And then, like you said, like, you see him, like, he's now pale, he has the giant fingernails that are already arching up into, like, creature mode, and he has the buck, like, rat vampire teeth. And he's like, fetch me my horse. There is much to do. Where it's like, now this is a brand new vampire that still has like a lust for life and like going out and doing things. This isn't 900-year-old Nosferatu where he's just like, I just want somebody to love me. <laughs> yes. Gets on his horse and rides away for about 10 minutes and then the end. Yes, and the, the end credit. Like, no credits, like, smash cut black. No, because normally I say, and credits, but there are no credits at the end, because we got them all for 20 minutes at the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, that was Nosferatu the, what do I say, vampire? The vampire. Vampire. So what did you think, sir? I really liked it. It was really good. More classy than most of the stuff we must yeah. do. I felt fancy, like I should be wearing a top hat and a monocle. I, I just realized my epitome of fancy is Mr. Monopoly. But <laughs> I, I thought it was really good. Some things like the sky shots and the riding away, man, they could have cut it down. And usually I'll say they could have cut like 10 seconds. They could have cut like three minutes off of some of those scenes. But other than that, I really did like it a lot. What about you? I, I agree. Like, I've only ever seen this movie one other time before watching it this time. I liked it the first time. I loved it even more the second time watching. And I can completely get what you're saying about, like, the shots that hold on things for so long. But if you took those out, I don't think it would be anywhere near as atmospheric. And when things actually do happen again, and not being like, oh, those shots are just so boring. When, like, something happens again, you're like, oh, shit. Like, it kind of grabs you a little bit more i think so if you i get what you mean but like i still think they went when you're going like i'm not even exaggerating when i say like five minutes of the sky yeah i get that but like you can definitely cut it out when it almost takes me out of the movie at that point they're definitely being artsy i'm like fartsy. is it like a screensaver yeah, yeah exactly very artsy farts yeah all right, are going to get Count of the Dead? Yes, yeah, so let's get into the Count of the Dead, ah, 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 which is very fitting because the Count's a vampire, so. <laughs> yes! So, uh, the Count of the Dead's where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. We have to our grand total of all the movies we've ever done. Last episode we did was Ready or Not, which left us with a Count of the Dead of 924. Where do you think Nosferatu the Vampire brought us? Uh, one question. Okay. Did you count Jonathan because he did technically die and become the undead? I'll say no because I don't count vampires until they die as a vampire because okay. I count them still going. Okay. Um. No, oh, let me think. It's not a lot. No, I know that. Like thinking through this, I was like, "There's only a couple." So I don't. I almost want to just say two. Because I know Lucy mm -hmm. dies and Nosferatu dies. There's probably another one I'm completely forgetting. So I'm going to say three. <laughs> oh, there was four. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yep, four, which brings us to a count of the dead of 928. The captain on the boat. That's right. And the neighbor who died. That's right. I forgot about them. Yeah, so it brings us to a count of the dead of 928. Very nice. Well, every week, Greg yes. does his count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my ratings from Dimension Z. 
I gotta come up with something else. I'm gonna tired of doing the thunderclap. I literally cup my mouth when I'm waiting for you to say it so I can do my thunderclap. We need either like one of the thunder machines that Walt Flanagan has for the Baron, or like to get like really cheesy sound effect just to like plug in. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to go into the sound effect game because I don't want to fall down that hole. I listen to some <laughs> podcasts where they love their sound effect boards and I can't stand it. Like, what, what, what? Time to do the. No. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You don't want to turn into a Z Morning Zoo radio show? <laughs> no, not at all. Well, every week I do my rating system from Dimension Z where I take something from the movie and I rate it 1 through 10. 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And all right. I thought this one would be very fitting to do blood. Perfect. So a number 1 version of blood, which is the worst, it's like CGI blood. It never looks okay. good. You can always tell, and it always will take me out of the movie. Like, you'll lose, like, a tiny percentage of, like, my ratings for me. I'm like, uh, you could have easily done that practical. Yeah. Number 10 blood for me is that, and I've said it so many times, that neon techno blood from the 70s and 80s and sometimes even the 60s. Think about, like, uh, any of the Hammer movies with Dracula. Think about the blood from Dawn of the Dead in the 70s. You know, it doesn't yeah. look like blood. It looks like melted crayon, but I love it. But super stylized. I really like it. I'm going to give Nosferatu the Vampire nine bloods out of ten. It's just about perfect for me. I love the Dracula story so much. It does it almost perfect. And I think what kind of takes that one point away from me is something that makes the movie is those extremely long shots and whatnot. Very important for the movie, but at times can be a little much. I get what you're saying. I'm not far from you. I'm a little lower, though. I'm an 8 blood out of 10. Wow. A, a lot of what you said, too. But, I mean, it's still really high. I like it a lot. But, man, some of those shots just... It sounds so stupid to complain about what what is literally a screensaver in the middle of your movie, and some like the bat stuff and everything, which is really cool. But then when they started using it over and over, there's just a few things from like this super impressive, well done art like movie that went really B movie and not in the good way either here and there. But that's just my negatives. I want to say about my positives was fuck this movie was great. Dracula was terrifying. Like. I really felt like I was in this time period. I can't say enough good stuff about it, so I don't want to dwell on why it didn't get a 10. Talk more about why it got an 8. Yeah. And uh, the fact that I like we watched the German version with the subtitles just put me so much more in the movie and of that time. Yeah, definitely. It forced you to pay 100% attention, too. Oh, yes. Because every once in a while, I would start to look at my phone or something. That's the... Uh, subtitles come up, be like, oh yes, I need to pay attention, which is actually good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think my favorite performance, look, let's be real, it's obviously Dracula, but my favorite other performance is definitely Renfield. Oh, He's yes. great. Klaus K uh, Kinski as Count Dracula is just so fucking amazing. He's so creepy looking. I love how he plays, like, it's almost a sympathetic Dracula of, like, you feel a tiny bit bad for him that he's so alone and he just wants to die, but he can't. But then you're also like, oh, yeah, he's horrible. And then, yeah, Roland Topor as Renfield just says, ooh, hee hee, ha! Like, I love how he plays it. It's not the Dwight Fry Renfield of, hee hee <laughs> It's, like, more manic. Yeah. So you want to get into next week? Yes. What are we doing next week, Greg? Well, next week is April Fool's Day. Here's the thing. We have two things dropping. One, I'm not even going to say. We'll just let that be a surprise. But there is a movie, I think, besides the obvious April Fool's Day. We're not doing April Fool's Day. There's something that still feels April Fool's Day appropriate. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes, it's very wacky. It's very, yeah, I agree. It has that April Fool's Day-like feel to it. Yeah, so that'll be a fun time. So yeah, you'll get two things dropping next Friday. Yes. So that'll be a fun time. We, yes, we will also have a very special secret bonus April Fool's Day episode for you guys. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yes. Both of those, honestly. I can't wait to talk about Killer Clowns. That movie's so good. Oh, me too. We're like, oh, me and you are like huge fans of that. Where I have the Killer Clown head mounted on my wall. You got the cotton candy gun. Like, it's just a fun movie. Yes, I do. Which, oh yeah, I love it. Every time I go over to your house, I see that cotton candy gun. I'm just like, hmm. 
jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it still works. Oh, really? It still spins and makes the noise and everything, yeah. That's cool. Um, well, usually at the end of this episode, I ask you if we have anything else, Greg, but we do this time. Yeah, we both got lucky on the, the collection hauls this week. Yeah, especially after just doing our physical media episode. Like, all of a sudden, it must have been a good luck charm because we both scored some pretty good stuff. What did you get, man? Man, I got I got Psycho on 4K and Blu-ray. Oh, wait, the only reason I bought a 4K... What's that? It was 4K? Yes. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure I heard that right. <laughs> yes, but I don't have a 4K player, but it was literally cheaper than just buying it on Blu-ray for some reason. Yeah. I was buying the Blu-ray 4K combo. I don't have a 4K player, but it came with the Blu-ray. You started so like, the collection. Okay. You, you got your first no, one. I'm... Now you got to keep going. I don't have anything to play it with. <laughs> um, Dementia 13 I picked up on Blu-ray, and then Dollar Tree must have just like picked up like walmart or target or something's physical collections that they're pretty much cutting back on so i got uh vampire's kiss yes mon mon monster nobody gets out alive spree and a couple other things to be honest like i had a good week which i saw because my dollar tree also had vampire's kiss and i immediately had to pick it up because i'm a like, vampire's kiss for a dollar i'll take 10 <laughs> what about you what do you end up snagging um well just today I ran over to Goodwill real quick. I wasn't even going to go today. I wasn't quite feeling it. Then I was already out and about. And I was like, you know what? I'm right by it. I'm going to go in. And thank fuck I did. Because I found it's not a horror movie, but it is a holy grail that I've been looking for for years. I got SLC Punk on VHS for one goddamn dollar. Hell yeah. Um, And I also then got Monster with Charlie uh, Theron and Christina Ricci about the uh, about Eileen Warnos, the serial killer. Very good movie. Also on VHS. And then I got Misery with James Caan and Kathy Bates also on VHS. So I got three VHS for three dollars. And I even found more there that I told Greg I buried behind a bunch of junk that I'm hoping in a couple days when I get paid again. Uh, we get it. <laughs> that they're still there. Well, do you want Star Trek? No, you know I don't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're all Star Trek original series VHS tapes. They're all a dollar, and I'm just like, I'm going to spend $20 on these goddamn things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's also, like, I guess some uh, old punk guy must have given away his VHS, because I got SLC Punk, and then they had, like, four or five, like, compilation VHSs with, like, no effects, the vandals, slapshot, like all these like AFI, like all those kind of like cool punk bands. Oh, I love that era so much. Yeah, so I'm also hoping that those stay hidden, or if they don't, someone goes like, "Who the fuck would want this?" And then I go running back in on Wednesday, like Renfield, like hoo hee hee ha ha. <laughs> that was a nice tie back. Well done. Thank you, sir. Well, unless you have anything, yeah. anything else. No, I think that's it. Awesome. Oh, by the way, hopefully one of them dropped already. If not, we have some cool bonuses dropping oh. like that I'm very excited about and probably legally can't talk about until they happen. But yeah, cool stuff. Yes, it's going to be. I'm very excited because as of right now, recording, it hasn't happened yet, but I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a good time. So hopefully one or two of those is up by now, or if not, they'll be dropping real soon. Exactly. And then that's all I got. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see you next episode for our April Fool's Day special and also with Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And we hope that Nosferatu the Vampire has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform. Or else, subscribe for more tantalizing terror and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare. <laughs>